There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and welcome to episode 34 of The Savvy Psychologist. I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. We'll use the best of psychology to help you be happy, healthy, and most importantly, yourself. The media frenzy is starting to settle after the tragic suicide of Robin Williams. Some of the coverage I was happy to see was sensitive and compassionate, but some was just plain irresponsible, sensationalistic, and full of specific details, all of which can put vulnerable others at risk and perpetuate misinformation. So this week on The Savvy Psychologist, we'll set right seven myths about suicide. Myth number one, people who attempt suicide are just trying to get attention. It's a cry for help. Fact, most individuals who attempt or complete suicide, over 90% in fact, are suffering from a mental illness. Depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, alcoholism, drug dependence, or often a combination can set the stage for suicide. And even though his sobriety was intact, Robin Williams was reportedly suffering from severe depression. So framing suicide as a method to get attention paints those who are sick as manipulative, when in fact, they're simply really ill. And in addition, even if a suicide attempt is a cry for help, it means they need help. So help. Myth number two, suicide is selfish. Fact, suicide is a horrible thing for a family to be left to deal with, and those left behind will probably never be the same. But when someone is severely depressed, he thinks the world would be better off without him. So a triad of despairing emotions lays the groundwork for suicidal thoughts. Hopelessness, helplessness, and worthlessness. Hopelessness says, things will never get better. This will go on forever, so don't even bother trying. Helplessness is paralyzing. You see no control over your own life. Things just keep happening to you that make you feel worse and worse. And worthlessness says, and you're a total failure of a human being anyway. Your life is a waste. This despondent trio shouts so loudly that any whispers of hope, efficacy, or worth get drowned out. So many individuals who commit suicide truly believe they're doing their family a favor. I know it's hard to see it from this perspective, but if you've ever suffered from severe depression or been suicidal yourself, you probably get it. Additionally, if you've been left behind by a loved one's suicide, you probably were or are 
bewildered, and angry. It's easy to say that the person who committed suicide is selfish because he or she hurt you so much. Under your anger, however, is probably a broken heart. Attend to healing yourself and others left behind to the extent you can, rather than lashing out. Myth number three, don't ask someone if they're suicidal because it might encourage them. Fact, if you're worried, be frank. Ask, are you thinking about killing yourself? And then listen. I'm willing to bet it will be the first time she's been offered the time and opportunity to unburden her thoughts. Myth number four, individuals who commit suicide must have wanted to die. Fact, individuals who commit suicide wanted to end their pain, which is not the same thing as wanting to die. Anecdotal interviews with surviving jumpers from the Golden Gate Bridge find that many change their minds in midair. The most quoted is a survivor named Ken Baldwin, who recalls that at the moment he jumped from the bridge in 1985, he, quote, instantly realized that everything in my life that I'd thought was unfixable was totally fixable, except for having just jumped. Again, if you're someone who's been left behind, framing it this way, wanting to end their pain, may not make things better, but it may make their actions more understandable. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Myth number five. If you try to protect someone by taking away his method, he'll just find another way to kill himself. Fact. Prevention works. So speaking of the Golden Gate Bridge, the iconic Orange Span is the number one suicide location in the Western Hemisphere. And this June, a decision was finally made to build a 20-foot-wide steel net to deter jumpers, of whom there were 46 last year alone. Now, doubters might say that future jumpers will just go elsewhere. Not so. A 2013 meta-analysis analyzed data from 22 previous studies to see what happens when protective structures like safety nets or fences are built on bridges, viaducts, and cliffs. The result? While there was an increase of suicides at nearby structures without nets, the overall suicide numbers dropped by almost a third. So that's prevention. But what about those who attempt but are stopped? Won't they just try again later? Surprisingly, no. A classic 1978 study tracked 515 people from 1937 to 1971 who were saved before they jumped from, again, the Golden Gate Bridge, and found that 90% were alive or had died from natural causes, even decades later. And while you might not be able to build a bridge-sized net on your own, one thing you can do to prevent suicide among those you love is to keep guns out of your home. A 2004 study found that men with guns in the home are more than 10 times as likely to die from suicide than men without guns in the home. And a classic 1986 study in the New England Journal of Medicine found that for every time a gun in the home kills an intruder in self-defense, 37 people with guns in the home commit suicide. Myth number six, people don't copycat. They'll kill themselves regardless of the media. Fact, copycatting is a real thing. Dozens of studies have shown that pervasive coverage 
or reporting specific details, both of which unfortunately occurred after Robin Williams' death, can pave the way for copycats. Knowing exactly how the hanging was set up, the dosage of the medication used, or the brand of razor, drops a ready-made plan in the lap of someone on the edge. Responsible journalists should tell the story without the explicit details. However, speaking personally, I do think it's important to report a death as a suicide, as opposed to concealing the cause, so clusters can be identified and stopped. For example, over a six-month period in 2009, four separate teenagers from a high school in my community killed themselves in the same way. If these deaths had been deemed accidental, it still would have been tragic, but a pattern would not have been identified, and the need for community education and prevention measures would have been missed. Myth number seven, suicidal thoughts are rare. Fact, not so. In my office this week, almost everyone who has sat in the chair across from me has said, I totally get Robin Williams. I've been there. And it's not just folks in treatment who get it. Suicidal thoughts run on a spectrum. Fleeting thoughts, how nice would it be to end it all? Or, I wish I could disappear and be gone forever, are fairly common. Now, a single thought popping into your head generally isn't a cause for alarm. But if it happens frequently, particularly if you're struggling through a hard time, your brain may be asking you to seek some help. Now, moving up the spectrum of concern, passive suicidal thoughts are wishes to die without a deliberate attempt. So these include hoping to get hit by a bus, or thinking, if I went to sleep and didn't wake up, that would be okay. Now, one step higher are active suicidal thoughts, like thinking about jumping in front of a bus or actively thinking about committing suicide. And the last, most worrisome level includes making a specific plan, like when, where, and how to kill yourself. But if someone confesses suicidal thoughts to you, don't try to evaluate where they fall on the spectrum. It's always wiser and safer to take them seriously. To wrap up, Calls to crisis hotlines have surged since Robin Williams' death. It demonstrates how many people are hurting, but also how many are feeling empowered, reaching out, and finding a listening ear. If you're struggling, two hotlines are the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-TALK, which is 8255, and the National Alliance on Mental Illness at 800-950-NAMI, which is 6264. And if you're moved to help, consider volunteering or donating. You'll find a link to mental health charities with the greatest impact in the show notes at quickanddirtytips.com savvy hyphen psychologist. If this episode of The Savvy Psychologist was helpful to you, please let me know by subscribing to the podcast, liking on Facebook, adding me to your Google Plus circles, or emailing a link to someone important in your life. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson. That is all for this week, but next week we'll tackle nine signs of disordered eating. Not eating disorders, but the, no pun intended, light version that affects 65% of American women. In the meantime, a transcript of the podcast and references for the studies I mention are always available on quickanddirtytips.com savvy hyphen psychologist. And of course, the Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for psychiatric care or psychotherapy by a licensed professional. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind.
There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called The Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The anxietycoachespodcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.